Please open your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. For our sermon today, we're going to be going from verse 23 through chapter 3, verse 6. I'm going to read the passage and pray, jump right into the sermon. Hear now the word of God. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of presents, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. Thus ends the reading of God's holy, inerrant word. May its truth be ever written on our hearts. Let us pray. O Lord, we come before you thankful that you have spoken to us and revealed yourself to us. We thank you that you sent Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, to establish your rule and your reign once and for all. Lord, help us to find him in this text and to find ourselves in him. O may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Does life ever just feel like a lot to you? Like there's always something more to do. Another task, another do-it-yourself project at home, another book to read, another show to watch, another song to listen to, another thousand things on your to-do list. It's easy to feel like you're always behind, and ultimately to feel like you're never enough. According to the American Psychological Association, nearly 79% of American workers experience work-related stress every month. And 27% of American workers have considered quitting due to burnout every year. Stress is at an all-time high amongst youth. Seemingly every high school student in America feels they need a perfect GPA and outstanding extracurriculars to even be considered by a college. And it's easy to feel like you'll never match up to everything going around you. Especially today, you just scroll through Instagram and you see everyone else having a perfect life unlike you. Between working and carting kids to sports and rehearsals and school, going to the store, cleaning the house, fixing what needs to be fixed, and trying to have some appearance of a social life, there's always something to do. And it's exhausting. Not in a like, I need a nap kind of exhausting, more like, I need a month in Aruba with unlimited drinks and no one bothering me kind of exhausting. Life is a lot. 
And what we really need is rest. But what you may not know is rest is actually built into God's design for us. The Bible calls it Sabbath. The word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means rest. Sabbath means rest. Literally, Shabbat, or Sabbath, means to cease or to stop. It's like a pit stop in a long race. The cars pull in and stall while they get ready to get back on the track. Sabbath is to stall, to cease, to rest, so that you can keep going. And throughout the Bible, Sabbath generally speaks of a period of time, usually a day or a year, set apart for the purpose of rest. The idea of Sabbath in the Bible means regularly taking time to rest. I think many people have an image of their head of Sabbath of like you go to church in the morning and then you take a nap all day. But I don't think that's really what Sabbath is supposed to be. One of my professors explains Sabbath like this, and I think it's very helpful. Sabbath is driving a car you've been fixing all week. Like, if you spend six days a week working really hard to refurbish this old car in your garage, Sabbath isn't then going and sitting in your lazy boy. It's driving the car that you've been working on all week. If you are growing a garden, Sabbath is sitting in your garden and enjoying the beauty or eating the fruit and vegetables that you grew. Sabbath is living in the work you've been doing. It's resting in a way that is reigning and ruling over everything. But we need to know that Sabbath doesn't come to us first from the Old Testament prophets. And it doesn't start with the Ten Commandments. But God establishes Sabbath in creation. We see this in Genesis 2, 1 through 3. If you want to turn there, it's probably the first page or two in your Bibles. I'm going to read a couple verses there. But as you turn there, I want to remind you or I want you to remember that Genesis 1 and 2, those first two chapters of the Bible, tell us what life is supposed to be like. What life was like before the fall, before sin entered the world and chaos erupted. Genesis 1 and 2 shows us what God's design for us is actually supposed to be. And how everything should have been if no one ever rejected God and his good design. Genesis 1 is that classic creation story we all generally know. But Genesis 1 actually ends with the creation of man on the sixth day. Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3, picks up on the seventh day. And it reads like this, Genesis chapter 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now we need to remember that God is all-powerful. He's eternal. He's everlasting. The scriptures say that God never slumbers or sleeps. Therefore, God doesn't need rest. So why does God take a day off? Why does God rest on the seventh day? Well, for us. Mark 2.27, 
what we just read in our passage, Jesus says, God made Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. The reason why God rested on the seventh day was to establish a Sabbath, not to control us, not for us to live in the Sabbath, but for us to have Sabbath, for Sabbath to be a gift to us. Right from the beginning, God shows us that Sabbath is an important part of life, not just for a Christian, but for everyone. It's part of our design. He made mankind to be image bearers of himself. And part of bearing God's image isn't just ruling and reigning like he does, but it's resting like him. Sabbath is part of God's good design. Studies have shown that if you work out at a gym regularly, fitness instructors have found that if you work out every day, you will harm your body. Most fitness instructors suggest taking a day off once every five to eight days, about once a week. Every major diet plan has found cheat days help you have a most successful and healthy diet. Most dietitians suggest once every five to ten days, about once a week. Studies find a consistent day off from work actually increases employee happiness, longevity, and productivity. And working more than eight to ten days in a row without a break usually causes someone to crash. All of this makes sense because Sabbath is actually a part of our design. It's how God made us. God made us to regularly rest in him. But in Genesis 3, sin entered the world. And with it, we return to a state of chaos and disorder. And now our lives are filled with unrest. We lack Sabbath. And God's been trying to restore Sabbath from the very start. He wants us to find our rest in him. Because that's how he designed us. In fact, I believe that the passage we have here in Mark shows us that Jesus reclaims God's design by reclaiming Sabbath. Now, there are over 100 passages in the Bible regarding Sabbath. Time does not allow me to go through them all, or any of them really for that matter. But it would be remiss if I did not point out, as we read in our affirmation of faith, Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. But notice when God gives the Sabbath command in Exodus 20, he roots it in creation. He reminds them that in six days, God created everything, and on the seventh day, he rested. And when God commands us to Sabbath, to rest, he roots it in creation. The reason we are Sabbath is because it's how God designed us. And because People weren't doing that because people have rejected God. He needed to command it again. But you also need to note that we're also made to work. Genesis says we're to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. We're to work. We're to have dominion over creation, plant gardens, raise families, work in a business, raise a community. According to the Sabbath command, six days shall you labor for, for all your work. So for you to rest one day, you actually need to work the other six. Sabbath is not a five-day work week. 
In fact, if you look at Henry Ford and the American industrialists, when they instituted a five-day work week, the idea was that you could work five days in the factory and have one day to get done your housework and your chores and the stuff you had to do in the community and still have a day for Sabbath. But if you think you can rest for six days and work for one or rest for four days and work for two or three you're misunderstanding what God is calling us to. And I point this out partially because with a room mostly of retired people, this is probably where a lot of you struggle. Your issue isn't finding a day to rest. Your issue is finding stuff to do six days a week. I'm not saying you have to be busy or get a job, but I am saying that the pattern of Christian life, the pattern of our design is to work six days and rest for one. So have a little thing to do every day for six days and rest for one. Work is not a bad thing, but work without Sabbath is. But the thing we see throughout the Bible is that human drive is to not Sabbath. Human drive is to not rest. We like to busy ourselves with work and things to do and people to see and places to go. We find it comfortable to live in the chaos and toil of a busy world. In fact, rather it be ancient Israel or 21st century America, we embrace it. People who have a lot of work to do, who are the height of their careers, who are doing things every day and taking their kids everywhere, are generally seen as the most reliable and the best people in our communities. We have lost the idea of Sabbath. And people today are more stressed and more burnt out than seemingly ever before. In this passage, we see Jesus came to reclaim the Sabbath. So we know for a fact that Sabbath is biblical. It's not just biblical. Taking a day to rest is part of God's design. But people have rejected God's design. And so God called the Jews to return to him, and they were consistently unfaithful. You see, throughout the Old Testament, the Jews are not keeping the Sabbath. In fact, according to Jeremiah, the reason they are cast into exile is because they're not keeping the Sabbath year like God commanded. And so the Jews, as they returned from exile, wanted to safeguard the Sabbath so that they wouldn't be cast out again. And the ancient Jews, the Pharisees, began to establish a bunch of rules on top of what the Bible commanded in order to prevent people from breaking the Sabbath in order to protect them. That was at least the idea. But they took the commands to an extreme. And Jesus came to show us that Sabbath isn't bad. He came to reclaim for us what God always meant Sabbath to be. Jesus reclaims God's design by reclaiming the Sabbath. First, in verses 23 through 28, we see that the Sabbath is a blessing, not a burden. The Sabbath is a blessing, not a burden. Verse 27, as we said, the Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. The reason we have a Sabbath is to be a blessing for us, to benefit us. God made it in order to benefit our lives, not to be a burden to us, not to be something that is so obligated and so ruled up that it feels like another thing you have to check off your to-do list. 
Sabbath was part of God's intentional design. But because we've rebelled against him, we've made Sabbath into something else. He commanded Sabbath for our good. And the Pharisees are somewhat right. There are laws in the Old Testament regarding what they were supposed to do for the Sabbath. In the case of the Pharisees, though, they were committed to a series of Jewish attempts to define these Old Testament laws. In Exodus 34, it does say not to harvest on the Sabbath. But that then leads to the question, is picking a few heads of grain harvesting? I think not. I can go into greater detail, but there's a difference between walking along a path and picking some blackberries to eat and bringing a 10-gallon bucket with you to fill with blackberries. One's something that you can do as part of your rest. The other is a full day of work. The Pharisees were adding to their personal interpretation, their own expectation to the law. And in many ways, this created an undue burden for the Sabbath. The Sabbath began to felt like a list of things you had to check off in order to accomplish it. But when they challenged Jesus, Jesus points them to when David took the bread of presence, the sacred bread that was meant only for the priests to eat. This story comes from 1 Samuel 21, and in 1 Samuel, God actually never condemns David for this act. Rather, I think Jesus appeals to this to show that the law is not meant to be a burden. Keeping the Sabbath is not an excuse, but a blessing. Keeping the Sabbath still means that you have to go feed your livestock, or your pets, or your kids. It means if your kids fall out of a tree and break their arm, you're still going to take them to the hospital. You don't just wait till it's no longer the Sabbath day for you. Sabbath is not an out, but Sabbath is made to benefit you. So many people today think that keeping Sabbath is some archaic law, and it doesn't really matter that much, but it's part of our design. And Jesus is showing us that Sabbath is actually a blessing. And in some capacity, that is what all the laws are supposed to be. All the Bible's laws. Many people think the laws of God are a burden. But one of the many things that God's laws do is they show us how to live in God's design, under God's rule and God's reign. It actually frees us from trying to figure it all out on our own. It frees us from the burden of always trying to just get by. The laws actually free us from the burden of needless expectation. We no longer have to add a bunch of things to our to-do list. We just have to obey Christ. We have to obey what God has said. The laws show us God's good design. And Jesus came not to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. And so Jesus reclaims God's design by reclaiming the Sabbath. The Sabbath that is meant to be a blessing to us. He doesn't want you to be burdened by the Sabbath. He wants you to live in the blessing of Sabbath. Then in chapters 3, verse 1 through 6, we see that the Sabbath is restorative, not destructive. The Sabbath is restorative, not destructive. You see, there's this man with a withered hand in the synagogue this Sabbath day. This is meant to show us someone negatively affected by the results of sin. I'm not saying his sin, 
It doesn't suggest anything of that kind. I'm just simply pointing out that all disease, all pain, all suffering, every withered hand, every cancer, every death is ultimately a result of living in a fallen world. So the fact that this man is mentioned to have a withered hand is showing that he is living with some of the effects of living in a fallen world. And Jesus is going to heal this man. Jesus is going to bring him back into God's good design. But it's the Sabbath. And Jesus knows the Pharisees are going to see this as a Sabbath issue. So in verse 4, he questions the Pharisees. He says, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? Now, Jewish tradition clearly teaches that it's okay to save life on the Sabbath. But the Pharisees saw that as an exception, not a principle. Whereas Jesus sees saving life as a principle, not an exception. You see, for these ancient Pharisees, medical attention and first aid was only to be done on the Sabbath if a man was in imminent danger of death. If you simply broke your arm or you were sick or some other thing that could be put off till tomorrow easily, you should wait till tomorrow and not be healed on the Sabbath. They would expect a righteous man, like Jesus, to say, come see me tomorrow and I'll take care of that. But they don't actually think Jesus is a righteous man. In fact, in the verse before, in verse 3, it says they are looking for him to do something so that they can accuse him. But Jesus doesn't just ask, is it lawful to save a life? He expands that to doing good. Jesus seems to say that doing good, as God would define good, is doing something that brings order to this fallen creation, that helps the brokenness and death in the world. And so doing good is part of saving life. The Pharisees are willing to wait to do good in order to be obedient to the law. And notice that verse 5 says Jesus is angered and grieved at their hardness of hearts. This sticks out because, believe it or not, this is the only place in the scriptures that says Jesus was angry. Most of us think of Jesus flipping the tables as angry, and I'm not saying he wasn't. It just doesn't use the word. Here, it says he was angry. It might be important to note that if you really want to anger Jesus, if you really want to anger God, be so hard of heart that you're willing to use his law as an excuse to not do good. Paul says that good does, that the law does not prevent us from doing good. The law is there to prevent us from doing evil. You see, we need to be doing good through the law. And good is only what God says is good, not what we say is good or what society says is good, but ultimately it has to come down to God's creation, God's design, the things he says is good. This means that the law is meant to protect us from evil and from doing wrong, and so we ought to not use doing good as an excuse for disobedience. Doing good is not a way to get around doing the law, but doing the law is a way of living out doing good. So because of this, Jesus heals the hand. 
showing us that the Sabbath isn't about some outward ritual obedience to some set of laws or customs, but rather the Sabbath is about restoration. The reason we need Sabbath in our weekly lives is because we all need restoration. We're tired and exhausted and beat up by the world around us, and we need a day to rest and get back on our feet. We need restoration. In this busy, tired world, we need rest in order to be restored. But in an almost ironic twist in verse 6, Verse 6 tells us that those Pharisees who were so big on keeping the Sabbath holy go out and immediately plot to do harm. Jesus does good on the Sabbath, but the Pharisees plan to do harm. The text says they take counsel with the Herodians, the Roman officials of the day, in order to destroy Jesus. For Jesus, the Sabbath is about restoring life. But for the Pharisees, the Sabbath becomes about destroying it. If you encapsulate the Sabbath as a long list of works you must accomplish, like the Pharisees do, if you think that to Sabbath, to rest, you have to accomplish all these things, you'll ultimately have another day of work. You'll have another day without rest. And in the long term, it will destroy you. It's not how you're designed. In fact, this is why we need to be careful to not go beyond what God's word requires in his laws. The law is all beneficial. The law is a blessing. But when we go beyond it, it can be destructive. When we go beyond it, it can be used as a tool to control or to harm or for wrong. The Sabbath is for restoration, not destruction. It is for following Jesus and restoring the world to God's good design. Jesus reclaims God's design by reclaiming the Sabbath. Which means for us Christians, we should have an entirely different way of thinking about Sabbath, about thinking about rest. Rest isn't about doing nothing, and rest isn't about following a bunch of rules. Rest is about living out God's good design. It's about living out the Christian new creation that we are trying to live out and create the other six days of the week. It's about taking one day a week and being restored in the presence of God. Now, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your Sabbath. I'm not trying to tell you what to do because it's not about a series of laws. But I do want to give a few practical principles for you to try to apply as you consider living in Sabbath, weekly Sabbath, moving forward. First, I've explained to people in the past, I don't think that for most people, unless you're a Jew or a Jewish believer, that the Sabbath day is a particular day, but rather because of creation, it's a principle. So pick a day and keep it. I don't care if you Sabbath on Saturday or on Sunday or on Wednesday or some other day, but pick one day a week and keep it consistently. If you're already a Christian, you're probably gathering for worship on Sunday like you all are here today. And if you have kids, they're probably off of school on Sunday. So it makes the most sense to take Sunday as your regular Sabbath. The second point is to keep Sabbath different. The Sabbath is holy, and the word holy means set apart. Really, it means set apart from the world, but in some capacity, it just means being different. So treat your Sabbath day different than the rest of your week. 
For example, Julia and I like to watch a show on Netflix. Currently, we're going through suits, like half of America, apparently. But on the Sabbath day, we don't watch our normal show that we watch the other six days. We might watch a movie. Sometimes we pick a shorter series and watch it over the course of a number of Sabbaths. But we don't do the same thing we do the rest of the week. I also don't set an alarm on the Sabbath, usually. It, it's just one of those things of like keeping the day different from everything else. As you consider Sabbath, do something restorative. Jesus said that Sabbath is meant to be for restoration. That's what we saw in that chapter 3 section. So consider how to restore yourself. Consider how to restore your relationships and consider how to restore the world. Maybe use your Sabbath day to go help at a soup kitchen or serve at a homeless shelter. Maybe use your Sabbath day to go hunting or shooting or fishing or play cards with your friends, whatever causes you to relax the most. Maybe use your Sabbath day to spend time with your family. If you like to go on a hike, go on a hike with your family. And I'm not saying you're going to do all three of these every week, but if you think over the course of a year of Sabbaths, you have 52 weeks, try to spend 12 Sabbaths focusing on the world, 12 Sabbaths focusing on your family, 12 Sabbaths focusing on yourself, and a handful focusing on other friends and major relationships. Try to bring restoration that Jesus is bringing to you. And I think this also closes us to our final thing, of be focused on Christ on the Sabbath. Because Christ is ultimately what will bring you rest. So spend your Sabbath focused on the things of heaven, not on the things of earth. On the things of Jesus, on the things of God, not on the things of this world. I think Sabbath becomes a way of restoration when we realize it all comes from Jesus. Because we live in a fallen world, we've abandoned God and his good design, and Sabbath is part of that. And Jesus came to redeem us from sin. Verse 28 says, Jesus is the Son of Man, the Lord of the Sabbath. Lord means king or master or ruler. Basically, Jesus gets to rule over the Sabbath because he's the ruler of creation. He's the Lord of creation. And Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus wants to give you Sabbath rest. It isn't forcing you to rest from your busy life, but giving your life entirely to Jesus, you receive his rest in everything you do. Rest from this weary and wretched world. You don't have to feel bound by your needs when you're in Christ. You don't have to live according to some outside design. Jesus reclaims God's design by reclaiming the Sabbath. All you need to do is repent and believe. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the Sabbath day. We thank you that you have given us a pattern of rest to bring us blessing and restoration in our lives and help us to live that out, not just this week, but every week for the rest of our lives, that we may know that we're dependent on you and that you are saving us and healing us and restoring us even today. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.